Welcome to Cross the World with Kelly Miller, where we take you behind the curtain to see what it's like for some of the most impoverished children and families on the face of the planet, and how we can help transform their lives from deepest need to thriving joy. I'm your host, Kelly Miller, the president and CEO of Cross International. And I'm Chris McIntyre, co-host of Cross the World, and this is episode 11. And for this episode, you know, we, we want to switch it up a little. And so... I have a question for you, Kelly. Yes, sir. Um, ever gotten sick when you were overseas? Have I ever gotten sick while I'm overseas? No, never. <laughs> Would you right. ever ask that question? Well, you know what? Yeah. I sure have gotten sick when I'm overseas. <laughs> you know, so you know, and really, that is the question that we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to ask. And I'm sure that our listeners out there have also gotten sick. You know, when they're overseas. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I wish I had more fingers and toes to count count the times. But yeah, exactly. and all of this related to what? Water, right? Well, exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, in fact, the, the the first things I always make sure when, you know, that when uh, I, you know, when I uh, go on a trip is I'm well stocked with, you know, Dramamine and Imodium and all those, all those good things that, that we need to, you know, that we need when we are, uh, uh, addressing, you know, intestinal issues and things like that. Yeah. And you're right, uh, Kelly, that, uh, that tainted water is the, is the culprit, you know, nine times out of 10. Quite often. Yeah, it is. And, you know, uh, my voice may be a little bit lagging today as we're recording because <laughs> I just got back from, uh, visiting some of our project partners in Latin America a few weeks ago. And I've been horizontal for most of the last two weeks uh, because it did hit me on this one. And, and uh, you know, uh, it, it does. It, it really affects you, right? It really Wonderful does. time traveling, beautiful yep. interactions with people, yep. all kind of stuff. You know, we don't want to taint that. But, you know, these are just some of the realities that you deal with traveling, you know. But as we've talked about, the... The deeper reality in all of this is, is and, and I know you, as we've talked about for you, and I know for, for myself uh, also, and many of us that, that are in this type of ministry work, we get to come back to a relatively clean Western society. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And most of the rest of the world lives in an environment where uh, they just don't have access to that cleanliness. As a matter of fact, one out of four people on the face of the planet don't have access to clean, safe, water exactly. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So it's a reminder, you know, isn't it? it's a reminder that part of the reason that, uh, you know, God's called to do this type of ministry work is that's an area that we get to assist and help and, and help, um, uh, move people forward in a way that, that it is just, it's bettering for them. Right. Yeah. It's, um, you know, <laughs> we could talk long about this subject, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but I know for myself, uh, you know, this this has been a journey for me from a physical standpoint because um, when I was age thirty, so nineteen ninety, yeah. yeah. uh, at that point, I um, man, I had an iron gut. I could eat just about anything, and you name it, and I'd be fine. Well, I did some traveling, first time to developing countries, and. Um, and I don't want to put the blame on developing countries as we're talking about, but it just happens to be our context, right? Uh-huh. And and I got really sick. I got some some pretty nasty bugs. Um, and um, uh, ever since then, literally, it's been this journey of, of uh, regaining health. And much of me dislikes that a whole lot, believe mm. me. 
But there is that part of me, you know, God's called me and called you and others into this work. There definitely is that part of me. It's a reminder. As I said before, it's a reminder that this is how much of the world lives. So how can we leverage uh, our experiences, right, Right. uh, to help and, and such. So, you know, it's in that context that, that we're talking about this today. And, and, you know, again, I'll just go back to two weeks ago, uh, beautiful, beautiful visits to our project partners and the people that we work with in Honduras and El Salvador and, mm-hmm. you know, wonderful, wonderful uh, countries and cultures that, uh, that we get a chance to, to work in. And I was so doggone careful Right. With the food that I ate. That's right. The water that I drank yep. and such. And you have bottled water, yeah, I'm sure, yeah, you know. Boom, and, there and you are. You come home, it's like, oh, there it is. There's the bug. And we can kind of make light of that a little bit, as we are right now. Yeah. But let's just take a little bit deeper dive, if we could, and sure. how important not just clean water is, but safe water. Right. Right. And you know the difference there. And, and uh, let's talk about that with, with our listeners and uh, it's really important that, that people understand, you know, when we do this kind of work, there's a difference between clean water and safe water, right? Clean right. water can get dirt and filtration, that kind of stuff out. It can look, you hold a glass up of water, it looks crystal it lo- clear. It, it looks, it, you, you can't even tell the difference at yeah, all. Exactly. Yeah. But then the question is, is it safe? Mm-hmm. Because it's clean, doesn't make it safe, right? Are there pathogens in it uh, that, that can affect you? And, and more often than not in developing countries, that's the case. You can get clean water but you might not get safe water. And that, you know, we all hear these statistics in the news. And um, and it's so easy to kind of gloss over them. But when we get a chance to be in the at the village level in particular, with the families, the kids, uh, the families, the communities that we work with, and you just see the effect of unsafe water and what that has, uh, it, it, it's just a stark reminder, you know, gosh, almost half a million kids, just shy of half a million kids every year under the age of five die because of diarrhea-related illness, right? And that trans, transposes back to unclean water. It's amazing. Unsafe it? water. Yeah, right? it's it, terrible. It's just, terrible. you know, and, and that's one of those figures that it, honestly, it's, I think it's kind of easy for people to gloss over. Oh, half a million, right? It's huge. It's huge. It's the size of some cities, many cities, every year dying. You know, children under the age of five that die because of unsafe water and what it's what it's doing to them. And it's in that context that that we, as an organization, and and as uh, those organizations like Cross International uh, work in, in the world, because it's not. I think if it was, Chris, if there's one word, I would love our listeners to to walk away with. Today, the word is simplicity. Mm-hmm. Simplicity. It's not that hard to provide safe water. It's just not. And if we as a collective community of human beings decided we wanted to do that globally, we could. That gets hard. Yeah. Right? But at the point, it's really not that hard. So, But let's set, let's set some context. And, you know, you and I know about Zambia, but let's let's right. take our listeners there. So let's, let's clip on our yeah, seatbelt and hop on a plane. Let's and do it. Here we go. <laughs> Fly to the continent of Africa and in the into the south and the southeast region, right? And that country of Zambia. And our program partner, one of our core program partners, the Kachiri Development Program, wonderful group of people that are working in eastern uh, Zambia, uh, highly impoverished communities in that region of the country. 
And many of them lack access to clean and safe water. Mm-hmm. And what typically, this is so stereotypical, not just in Africa, but in Asia and other in Latin America, other parts of the world, where um, a community doesn't have uh, access to, say, a borehole well, a covered well that's drilled down into the ground into clean, safe water that has coverage over the well, a hole itself, and that water can come out and put in clean containers and transport and all that kind of stuff. Many communities don't have that. So oftentimes uh, it's usually mom and oftentimes young girl will make the walk to whatever the water hole might be, a river, uh, a, a small pond, uh, uh, whatever that water source might be. And typically that could be a kilometer or two, you know, pushing a mile walk mm. to get there or longer. And that could be with a dirty three to five gallon jug right. that they're taking, right? And they put it on top of their yeah, head and right. they, they travel all yeah, that distance. Exactly. You know, they're down in that mucky water and uh, that water itself is usually pretty contaminated. Mm-hmm. So when you're standing in that water, you can get contaminated coming up through your feet. Right. And then they, to your point, they make that trek back. And sometimes that happens a couple times a day. More, more than once a day. And that becomes the water source for that family. And inherently, again, it's dirty and it's, it's unsafe water. Um, it takes so much time for mom to make that trek or treks per day. And then oftentimes, as we mentioned, the young girls, if there's a girl in the family, they're pulled out of school mm-hmm. to go make that trek with mom, right, to go fetch that water. And, and, and sometimes more than once a day. So you've got this environment that's set up for uh, uh, access to dirty water, um, uh, utilization of, of resources, time, uh, for typically for the mother and for young girls that take them away from things that, that are more helpful to them, i.e. school for the young girl, or maybe a small business for the mom to be running to help, help the, the family out, these kind of things. Right. But when you look at that and you go, okay, how, how can we affect that from a, from a community standpoint, which we do at Cross and other organizations like ours, uh, we work with the community and work with the leadership of the community. So we don't just come in and do something. We don't just come in and drop a well in, right? It really starts at the leadership level. And so often it, 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 it includes uh, the women, the leadership from the women in the, in the village and, and some of the men also. Again, stereotypically, it's, uh, it's typically the, uh, the husband is usually a day laborer working out in the fields around them. Mom's taking care of the home and the kids. And the leadership committees that form within the, the villages are a combination, but mostly led by women, which is, which is really cool. Because, again, so often in, in these cultures, uh, women are, are unfortunately considered you know, less than first class, per se. And so... As you develop these leadership communities, it helps elevate the profile of women in these communities. And you seek input from the women in terms of what do you want? How, how would you want to accomplish, say, uh, not having to walk an hour or more each day or twice a day to fetch water? How could we tackle that together, right? And you start that conversation. And women rally around that. And, uh, and the leadership team, leadership group for that community rally around that too. And so inevitably what evolves from that is, gosh, how, how could we together you know, create what we call a community water system? Not just a well, right? right. But, but that's part of it, but a whole community water system. 
And, and that gets people excited. It's like, wow, what could that be? And instead of having to walk a kilometer or two or three or four to go fetch water from a dirty source, we can oftentimes um, uh, uh, detect and then, and then spot uh, what we call a borehole well, oftentimes in the community or very, very close. I mean, literally 100, 200 yards away kind of a thing. So it's very, very ac- accessible. And it's access to clean water, regular clean water. And you teach about the sanitation side of how do you keep that water clean? How do you transport it between that water point and your home? And how do you care for it? And these kind of things. And, boy, I tell you, it's so cool to see the energy that comes from that. The community rallies around it because that well, you want to you wanna create or you want to build a well that's very simple, simplicity, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's not high-tech simplicity because – Mechanical things do what eventually? It right? breaks down. They break, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so it's going to break. So it's just a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So you want it to be very simple and, and one that's easily fixable and one that there's a system set up so that the community is fixing, not an outside source. So part of that, that leadership development, that, leadership, that village leadership group is developing uh, a small uh, community bank so that even though there's not much money in the community, Yet, that some, each family is paying a little bit of money into the community bank so that when that well breaks, they've got funds to get it fixed. Right. Right. And you have this community buy-in, community participation. And gosh, you know, Chris, what's so cool is that um, it affects so many people in so many ways. So let's just start with the young girls, right? Instead of young girl, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old getting pulled out of school to go fetch water with mom. Uh, that young lady is able to stay in school now. And on average, uh, young girls in those situations, um, their education increased about 25%. Just because they're able to stay in the classroom. Yeah, it's transformative, isn't and then, it? It's great. You know, and again, the simplicity of it, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't added any more to the educational experience, right? We've just allowed that young child, we, the community has allowed that young child now to participate more right. in the school experience. It's already going on. Mm-hmm. So girls get, get more uh, education, higher education, and can take that further in life. For the moms, uh, it frees up hours every day uh, for them. And, you, you know, I mean, we, we work with these groups of, of, of women, uh, these what we call self-help groups, right. SHGs, right? And, and it's so neat to be with these ladies. There are groups of, you know, 20 to 25, maybe up to 30 at a time. Women coming together and saying, okay, what now? How do we create small businesses? What do we want to accomplish for our families and for ourselves um, as, as human beings? Uh, how, do, what do we, how do we want to move our families forward? And inevitably, that is creating a, a tiny business, a micro business that, that could be a small bakery out of their home. It could be a sewing uh, business. Uh, I remember one gal in, in um, Zambia, she was making uh, the school uniforms for the kids in the community and selling those to families, right, and, and outside the community. Um, another woman was selling shoes, right? We could capitalize her with 25 and $50 loans, and she could go out and buy shoes and turn those over at the community and make profit and grow that business. And uh, she had started with selling shoes and then she opened a, a, a beauty shop, you know, a barber shop and then a bakery. And so it was just this entrepreneur and providing 
or her family, right? And I'll tell you, one of the, one of the graphic reminders of the impact of this work was when I was there a few years ago with one of the self-help groups, we're, we're, we're sitting with this group, on, sitting on the dirt out in the village and just hanging out, having a wonderful time talking with these, these ladies. And they said, and this was very off the cuff. This was unplanned, so there wasn't, wasn't scripted. It wasn't uh, pre-planned on any of their part. I said, hey, everybody stand up. So everybody stood up. I'm doing this, obviously, the translator. I said, a year ago, I'd like, for those of you that only had one meal a day in your household, please stand over here. For those of you that had two meals a day, please stand here. For those of you that had three meals a day, please stand over here. And the vast majority of women were standing in that one meal a day, one meal in their household. That means for herself, her kids, her husband, those kind of things. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing, but out of, if say there were 30 women, there were probably at least 22 or 23 of them there. And there were three or four in the two meals per day, and there were one or two in the three meals per day. And that was that was a year ago. I said, "Okay, here we are, a year into this this self help group and 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 uh, the small businesses you're running and you're generating income. Tell me today, move to where you're at in terms of one meal a day, two meals a day, or three meals a day." And the smiles on their faces and and the energy from them they they reshuffled around. And when it settled a minute later, there were still maybe four or five in that one meal a day. But there were probably 15, maybe 18 in that two meals a day. And instead of just one or two and three, that had gone up to like five or six, whatever that adds up to. But it was just this really graphic, profound um, visual reality of the change in these families' households because of water. Right. Right? The simplicity. All of these opportunities, yeah. it all started with that need for safe water. Yeah, right. That's, it's incredible. Right. And all of these it's things incredible. bind together. It's not just yeah. water, right? But it's right. economic right. empowerment. It's training. It's all kinds. Of, a lot of factors come together. But the trigger point in this particular situation was access to clean, safe water right amazing right. stuff yeah i mean amazing yeah. stuff so we could tell lots of stories well, i know but there. it's really exciting just to, just to hear you talk about it yeah it's, it's, it's great you know it's interesting this is going to sound kind of gross but people <laughs> need to hear this right this is just one yeah. of those wonky facts yep. you know when you have uh what we call worm burden right so you have parasites mm-hmm. in your in your sure, body sure uh, on is on average on average about 20 percent of the calories that you consume go to feed the parasites in your body yeah yeah. Right, and that, that's kind of ugly and gross, but that's mm-hmm. that that is a reality, right? So, when you get rid, not just bring in clean water, but get rid of the parasites, also, you don't need. Again, on average, you don't need to add a whole lot more food, right, to get more caloric intake into your system from the food that you're currently eating. Now, people do need more food, I get, it. but the point being, you get again the simplicity of getting rid of parasites. Very simple medications to get rid of parasites, and right. and then hygiene habit, habits that are taught and such these kind of things. But when you get rid of the parasites, boom, your your uptake, your your, your uptake from the food you're already eating exponentially goes up, just from that, right? Again, the simplicity of being able to affect lives, right? And so, again, getting rid of the source, dirty, un- unsafe water getting rid of the effect of the source, parasites, 
you know, and other other uh, tropical diseases that come on. And that sets the stage for uh, this positive movement forward. And it's an ama- it's an amazing transformation for these kids, for the women, the families, and the whole communities when you do this. I hope you know that these stories. Uh, you know, we're making light coming into it in terms of you know we all that oftentimes have traveled abroad and sometimes have have, have gotten ill from that and and you feel crummy about it <laughs> and you can laugh about those down the road that's right, right. <laughs> yeah 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 but it is a good reminder also of again how much of the world lives in, in that place on a day-to-day basis and how much we can really truly step into those lives and have a real positive um, you know, god-motivated effect uh, into those lives. So, hey, we would love to hear feedback from you as a listener. If, if this um, uh, episode resonated with you or anything else, if you have any other thoughts you'd love to hear about, please, you know, do email us at, what is it, Chris? Yeah, it's a podcast at crossinternational.org. So, again, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you and, and uh, thank you for taking time to be with us again today. God bless you. If you'd like to learn more about Cross International and make a difference in the lives of vulnerable children and their family members, visit our website at crossinternational.org. See you next time at Cross the World with Kelly Miller.